What impact can local development action in some of the world's poorest regions possibly have on global climate change? Climate change is a global problem, requiring that all nations work together for a solution. But there is another side to this issue that is very local and even personal. The impacts of climate change will be felt locally in many different ways. Even now, news reports give us anecdotes from farmers, fishermen, and others that changes are occurring in their surrounding environments. Ironically, these people, far removed from international climate negotiations and who spend a good portion of their lives working outside in occupations dependent on rain and sun, could be better informed than anyone about climate change. And for that reason, they have an important role in the solution. Whatever solutions eventually emerge, they will address the role of tropical rainforests. John Flynn is the director of an innovative initiative called the Central African Regional Program for the Environment, or CARPE, part of the United States Agency for International Development. CARPE is an example of a partnership between the United States and local people in Africa that's having a global impact. Today, Flynn tells us about the program and how the fate of the forests is shared by citizens everywhere in the world. Most people will know, I suppose, that tropical forests in particular and forests more generally play a big role in regulating global climate. And they do that by recycling these greenhouse gases. They breathe them in and they uh, let off oxygen during the daytime. And so they're a very important source of storage of carbon in our planet. The program that I'm involved with, the Central Africa Regional Program for the Environment, which we call CARPE, was really designed way back in the beginning, goes back to 1995, as a concept to really help start the process of mitigating global climate change through creating a major or maintaining a big sink for this carbon on Earth as opposed to in the atmosphere. But Central Africa is a place that's not well known to most Americans, and Americans have not had a long relationship with Central Africa. So we started uh, the program through a kind of an exploratory phase where we just tried to decide, you know, is there something we can really do there that would be useful? As it became more clear that, that biodiversity and climate change are big U.S. interests and, and were becoming more and more important to us as a country, the last administration saw that there was an opportunity to take what would have been learned through this first phase and really ramp it up in terms of funding and, and scope and effort and move the management of it right into the region itself to try to create a program of conserving the tropical forest. And, of course, the tropical forest and all of the animals and people that live and depend on the tropical forest. I became involved in it uh, not until 2003 directly. The USAID, in this case, the Agency for International Development, talked to me about uh, if I'd be willing to go out and try to operationalize this program. I would say, uh, in terms of global climate change, we have been, so far, very successful. How do I mean? Uh, one fact that people may not know is that of all of the sources of greenhouse gases, particularly carbon dioxide, fully one-fifth come from the destruction of the tropical forests of the world. This happens because of clearing and burning, and there's a massive pool of carbon dioxide, or carbon per se, in these forests, in the trunks of the trees and the roots. It's tied up in there. So we have discovered that uh, since we've started working there, that since 1990, in fact, that the rate of the conversion of the forest in all of these countries in Central Africa, which is a vast, vast area, bigger than the continental United States, has been less than one-tenth of percent per year. So from that point of view, there's been a, a big success. And uh, in terms of conserving biodiversity, which is our other corollary goal, 
in certain areas where we've put in protective measures, these large mammals, for example, forest elephants, gorillas, chimpanzees, various kinds of monkeys and antelope, they're uh, thriving. But you have to remember at the same time that this is one of the poorest, if not the poorest, region of the world. And of the approximately 100 million people that live in this region, about 50% of them actually live inside the forest itself. These people depend directly on what they can extract from the forest to live, whether it's from hunting, from fishing, from small-scale agriculture, from beekeeping, from whatever it is that the forest provides. It provides clothing, it provides food, and it provides shelter for a, a large population of very poor people. Our uh, objective is really to help the people that live there conserve the forest for their own future, as well as for the global planet's health. This is, a, this is a major challenge. This is the second largest tropical forest after the Amazon. It's, it's very, very large, but it's also very intact so far. And that's what we're trying to do is to help people to manage it so it can stay intact, to continue to provide livelihoods for the populations that live there and play its role in regulating the global environment. To learn more about U.S. partnerships with Central Africa, visit the CARPE website at carpe.umd.edu.